Welcome, everyone. This is Greg Ferris, the founder of MyoBrain, and thank you for listening to the MyoBrain podcast. We missed the last few weeks. I was doing some traveling. We have some cool announcements with a new coach upcoming as well with MyoBrain. So we've been been busy doing some cool stuff, but excited to get back on the schedule today. So the discussion today will be about pre-workout nutrition. This is not something we touch upon a lot. Uh, if you're not new here, you've probably seen our physique pyramid that we adapted slash stole from Eric Helms. And in that pyramid, it talks about the, the big foundation things, right? Like your calorie intake, your macronutrients, your, your micronutrients, and then even above that is something like nutrient timing. And that's where pre-workout nutrition would come into play. So just to put that into context of, yes, these things are important. Yes, this can make a difference today what we're discussing, but still a very small piece of the puzzle. You need to get the big things correct. That's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck with your body composition results and your performance results. All right. So specifically today, this will be kind of a standalone podcast just about pre-workout nutrition. And I wanted to make one of these because in my opinion, it's a very underrated and not very talked about discussion within nutrition. Post-workout nutrition is, is obviously very popular, mostly because of supplement companies wanting to promote their products and the fact that you need to have these things. So most physically active people are aware, at least aware of the importance, that's for a different conversation, but the importance of post-workout nutrition. And then even intra-workout, you see a little bit of discussion of people drinking Gatorades and people eating gummy bears and things like that. There's an awareness there. But when I'm talking to most people, their awareness of what they're eating before they work out is like, oh, I just eat and then go train, right? And there's not a lot of thought process behind that. So I personally believe that for recreational individuals, so people who aren't training multiple times a day, your pre-workout nutrition is probably the most important thing you can focus on because it's going to have the most direct, immediate impact on your performance, there could be some hampering of like your recovery and things like that if your post-workout nutrition is very, very bad, but you likely wouldn't see that for several days or maybe even weeks with your performance. However, if you have bad pre-workout nutrition today, you can see a decrease in your performance today. So I'd always recommend someone figure that stuff out first and then focus on intra-workout and post-workout nutrition. All right. So that's kind of why we're discussing it today. And I think it's just a very underrated topic. So the two primary goals people should be considering when they're trying to think about what, how much, when to be eating before they work out is number one, the goal is to not be hungry during training. And then number two is a prevention of any sort of GI disruption. So the first thing there with not being hungry, we just have to find out, you know, in proximity to when we're going to work out when should we eat? And then also how much do we need to eat in order to make sure we're not hungry during the session? There's a lot of research coming out that just feeling full and feeling in a fed state and not being hungry can give you a lot more vigor when you're exercising. We don't necessarily know if it's like anything to do with like your glycogen levels or things like that, which a lot of people will discuss. That's a possibility, but also 
probably the more likely scenario is you just feel better. And when you feel better, you're probably going to have a better workout when you're not hungry and irritable and thinking about food, right? So there's a big psychological component to just, hey, I'm not hungry. When I walk into the gym, I can focus on these things, okay? And then for the GI disruption, we want to make sure we're not eating too closely to when we work out, that we're going to have an upset stomach or the composition of the foods we're going to be eating um, may digest very slowly and then cause some GI disruption. This is especially true if you're doing more endurance type uh, training like running or a mixed modal sport like CrossFit where you may be running and doing some weightlifting and things like that. So we'll discuss those things. Those are the two primary goals. Don't be hungry when you work out and also whatever you're eating, you should not be having any sort of GI disruption. Okay. So we'll now go into three different components, when to eat, roughly how much to eat, and then what types of foods to eat. And I'll likely make a supporting article. It's a very quick thing with this as well, because a lot of numbers, I know it's hard to, to grab the numbers if you're maybe in your car listening to a podcast, right? So I'll post that link in the show notes as well. So number one is when should you be eating before your workout? When should your pre-workout nutrition take place? So there's really two big options here. And I don't think necessarily one is better than the other. It just comes down to your lifestyle. So option number one is having a whole food based meal approximately one to three hours before you work out. That's a very big window, but a lot of that just comes with individual variants. Some people prefer to have more of a full stomach, some people to be a little bit lighter. So I think one to three hours though is a good rule of thumb that covers just about everybody. So in that meal probably should look very similar to how most of your meals look. Nothing fancy, nothing very different, just a similar meal if you're already eating healthy one to three hours away from your workout. So if you're working out at very common times, say if you're working out at 6 p.m., this would mean your whole food meal is somewhere between three to five. Or if you're working out, say at noon, that means you have a whole food meal at about nine to 11. All right, those are the kind of the windows there. Obviously, if you work outside of that, you can do the math of what one to three hours before is. Then the second option, and this is what a lot of our clients have to default to because they're usually working out around their their job, their actual profession, and can't always you know stop their day or don't have the freedom to eat a whole food meal at say an inconvenient time, like what I mentioned, a three to five uh, p.m. window for a lot of people isn't doable to have a whole food meal. They're finishing their their work their work day. All right, so if you can't do a whole food meal about one to three hours away. The second option is to have your whole food meal whenever you could fit it in, right? So if you're gonna work out at 6 p.m., maybe you had lunch at noon, like pretty much everybody, right? And then you didn't have time to eat another meal, you would then have a snack about one hour prior to exercise, okay? And again, you can do the math on different times of the day. If you eat breakfast at 7 a.m. and you need to work out at lunch, you'd fit in this category of, I would not recommend to just eat breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning and go train after not eating for five hours. We recommend having a snack there. Okay, so to review, option A, whole food meal one to three hours away. If you can't do that, option B, having a snack one hour prior to exercise. Again, you can give yourself some leeway there, 30 to 90 minutes if you want some wiggle room. Okay, so that is when, when you should be eating. The second thing here is now how much to eat. So these are just guidelines. Again, I think it's helpful to give people a starting place, but I don't necessarily calculate this myself or for my clients, but 
a good starting place for you if you want some assistance. So I would say that a whole food meal should be about 20 to 30% of your total calories consumed in that meal before your workout. Um, This may sound like a little bit overly analytical, and it probably is, but it's a normal-sized meal, right? If you do the math, if you eat four times a day, you know, 25%, that's roughly what the whole food meal should be. So it doesn't need to be like uh, exponentially bigger than a normal meal or smaller than a normal meal. There again, there may be some individual variances where people feel better if they have a really big meal. But I think for for most people, it should just be a normal sized meal. So if you want to do the calculation, whatever your total calories are, do about 20 to 30% for the pre-workout meal. Play around with it if you want to, but I do think most people will feel good at that intake. So for me right now, if I'm my calories are roughly 2,400 on a normal day. So that would be um, somewhere between 500 and 700 calories for me, which is about what all of my meals end up being on a regular day. All right. And then the second option, if you're having a snack, I'd recommend about 10 to 15% of your total daily calories. So again, for me, that may be about two to 300 calories for that snack meal. Of course, you just want it to be smaller because you're going to have less time to to digest that food. So it wouldn't make sense to eat 700 calories, then go work out in 30 or 45 minutes. Okay. So 20 to 30% of total daily calories for a whole food meal. If you can fit that, if you can't do that and you do the one hour snack, do 10 to 15% of your total daily calories. All right. And then the last thing here, Um, what types of foods should you be eating? And this is the most difficult thing to express because obviously there's, you know, thousands of different types of foods you can eat out there. So I usually give very general recommendations to my clients and to think about your foods as pre-workout should be mostly low-ish fat, moderate carb, moderate protein. I wrote down a note here that if, if it's roughly a 400 calorie meal, that could be like 12 grams of fat, 40 grams of carbs, 30 grams of protein. Okay. Again, this probably isn't going to be terribly different than what you're already doing for your non pre-workout meals. So mostly should be sticking to what you're already doing. Nothing super fancy. The, the primary thing to think about here when we're, this is what we're trying to do is prevent any sort of GI disruption are high fat foods. Uh, Those can be the things that just digest the slowest. So they can sit in your stomach a lot longer and tend to give people the the most issues with GI disruption. That doesn't mean you have need to have like no fat in your pre-workout meal. And obviously, you know, if you ate three hours away from training versus one hour away from training, that gives you a lot more freedom there, right? So the further away you eat from your workout, the less it matters if there's some fat in it. And the closer you get to your workout, the more it matters to be diligent about that, right? So again, just think about kind of low-ish fat foods. Um, Some of my personal favorites, if I'm doing snacks, that one-hour window, or like fruits, bananas, apples, oranges are my, my most favorite things. I'll do some applesauce, like pouches as well, or an easy starch, so like an English muffin or a bagel. Um, something else that I I do from time to time is like a bar. I I won't do like a protein based bar because those typically have a lot of fiber in them and that will likely cause some GI disruption. So I'll do something like an RX bar, which does have a little bit of fat in it, probably about 10, 10 grams of fat or something like that, but still relatively low. 
Um, it's very dense, so it's kind of a mixture of some some nut butters, some dates, some some protein in there. So it's kind of like a mini a mini meal that I'll have there. So those are some of my favorites. And if I'm doing a whole food meal, I literally don't think about it that much because most of my whole food meals kind of fit into that that standard thing. I just wouldn't like go have a steak and train or go have um you know, a peanut butter sandwich and go train, right? But I usually don't have all those things anyways. I tend to have a fairly mixed mixed meal. So I don't have to worry about it too much if I'm doing that whole food meal. Uh, like for example, today I had um, a workout midday and my meal was like eggs, egg whites, uh, potatoes, bell peppers, spinach, uh, some cheese and some sausage, right? So pretty mixed meal. Um, Maybe not the lowest fat uh, thing in the world, but certainly not a high fat meal. You just want to stay away from extremes, like I said, of really high fat steaks or uh, you know fast maybe fast food that have a really dense amount of calories. That can kind of or dense amount of fat could be an issue. But other than that, a, a generally whole food healthy meal will, will be fine for the the types of foods there. All right, so that covers everything, guys, on when to eat, how much to eat, what types of foods, some of my personal favorites. Again, the two goals here, pretty simple. Don't be hungry. Don't have GI disruption. I think a lot of people don't think about this too much. It doesn't take a lot of work. Just take some structure within your day of, okay, most of us work out the same time every single day anyways. So it's just to make sure that you have that snack in place or have that whole food meal in place. And for a lot of people, this is a great place to start their structure within their day. You know you're going to work out at 6 o'clock. Okay, I'm going to have a snack at 5 o'clock. Now let's build my my day around that. Okay, I'm going to eat uh, breakfast at 7 a.m., lunch at noon, snack at 5, work out at 6, dinner at 8, right? So it kind of helps at the table of when you can anchor around that workout time and the idea of flexible dieting is you can you don't have to do that all the time. You can have some wiggle room here or there, but most people do well with some sort of structure and they can veer off from that from time to time as opposed to just completely winging it, hoping good things will happen. All right. So that's the podcast today, guys. Uh, two things here. So you can go to myobrain.co backslash free meal plan. This will also be in the show notes. This has two different sample meal plans that kind of give you a full structure of what I mentioned as well as a pre-workout meal. Kind of gives you a, a full plan of, hey, what could a day look like? I think there's like a 1800 calorie plan, maybe like a 2400 calorie plan. Obviously, don't just follow those meal plans. They're meant to be an example of how you set up a day, not meant to be suggestions on how much you should eat. And the second thing is, as always, if you're interested in our online coaching, you can go to myobrain.co backslash online coaching to learn more details there. Um, my email is myobraincoaching at gmail.com. If you ever have any questions uh, for me, that's it for the episode. Thanks, guys.